Welcome back to Round Guy the Podcast. I'm your host today, Mr. Southeast Iowa, Dave Johnson. Uh, Round Guy the Podcast was uh, is a just quick, quick to tell you what it is. You know, it's a podcast about Iowa. It's about life in Iowa. It's about the past, about the present, about the future, and what's going on. And we have a couple very special guests today as Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa presents high school basketball in Southeast Iowa. We have Jess Settles and Clay Edwards. Welcome to the program, guys. Thank, thanks Thank for having you. us, Dave. Okay. So uh, my first question is, what what was the what was the conference like when you were in? What teams did you play? What was it called, and how is it different than now? Clay, you can start. Okay. Um, well, I think actually what when Jess and I started, it was still the old Deerwood conference, if I remember correctly. Um, and we might've had a year or two with that. It was, Oh boy. I know like new London. Um, I think harmony, West Burlington, uh, Danville, us with Minneapolis, maybe I, I'm, I'm not, it was so, <laughs> so long ago. And, and then we, uh, then we ended up going, the super conference was formed, I think maybe, um, junior, senior year, my junior, just a senior, maybe, or a year before. And, uh, you know, we picked, that's when we started to play, you know, back then we had kick up Cardinal stretch, um, Marquette down in West point, um, Fort Madison Aquinas. Um, and then pretty much all the, the other teams that we currently play, you know, some of those teams have merged the schools have merged. Um, I think we even had Fairfield Maharishi. Um, but for the most part, it was pretty similar to what we have now. All right. So yeah, it was, um, it was, uh, a lot of the old timers, if I remember right, said it was the, the best deer wood that they'd ever seen. And then the Southeast super conference, when, when Clay and I went into that, there were a lot of wonderful teams and, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of decades you can have, a lot of small schools who struggle to compete, but for some reason during that time, it was just spectacular. If you remember, uh, Jermaine Wilform was, was probably the best player in the league at that time. He transferred to Harmony, played for Rocky Bennett. Chad Boudreau was the point guard, and um, they had a spectacular team. Ended up going to the state tournament that year, lost to Hershberger and IMS. We had a couple just incredible instant classics you know, couldn't get a ticket type of games there and at home. If I remember right, uh, Clay played a lot as a freshman during during crunch time. We had a good team. We had a lot of good seniors. My brother Jake, uh, Jason Agley, Brian Ingerson, Aaron Sharp. Um, but Clay would come in at crunch time. And I, if I remember right, Clay, you hit a monster shot down at uh, Harmony, maybe to send it to overtime. We ended up losing that game. Yeah. But that's, that was kind of your first uh, – Hey, this guy's the real deal. He belongs at the moment. Uh, New London uh, had a kid by the name of Lee McKee, I think, who was a really good left-handed shot blocker. Uh, the Notre trying at Notre Dame and Boucher, and uh, they they were loaded. I mean, they, they they had an opportunity to go to state, lost a couple heartbreakers. Waco was loaded. Chad Farmer, Chad Kirby, Cole Adrian. Um, I think Harmony had a decent team. So we just as good as we were. And as upcoming as Clay and I were, that was really good for us. It seemed like every other night, Dave, we had a really good physical, good game to get some great 
all-state level players. And then as we got into the Super Conference, we played against a good team. But Clay and I were older. And, uh, you know, if, if we had good officiating in those nights, we usually could crush those teams. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. I'm talking to all these coaches, and they seem to all have some kind of a connection either to your team or to that era. I interviewed a gentleman yesterday named Eric Rawson, who is the head coach of the Mount Pleasant Panthers. He said he played with you. And uh, do you have a good Eric Rawson story or maybe a Mount Pleasant story that we're a, a tournament or something that you played in there? Did well, I, um, you know, Eric was uh, a year younger than me, so two years younger than Jess. Um, and he, he was very talented as a, as a guard. He was, um, went on to play, you know, college basketball and everything. So, um, he was really a, a integral part of our team. Um, once he got sophomore junior year and, um, we leaned on him a lot as a ball handler and, and later on he stepped up and became a scorer for us too. Um, I, I don't know, Jess, I don't have any specific stories of him other than Kelker, probably uh, coach Kelker yelling at him all the time, but <laughs> you know, he, he was at a young age and you can jump back in play uh, uh -huh. at a young age. We all knew like when he was in fourth and fifth, sixth grade, we were like, this guy's a star. He was just way quicker, a better hand-eye coordination. And uh, he, he, he was, I remember wandering down to the football field. I was probably a freshman or a sophomore, I went to a middle school game of his, and he, he probably scored six or seven touchdowns in the first half. It, it was just unfair, uh, his talent. So he came up and did such a wonderful job for us and was a great teammate. And then I believe Clay, I believe he was the Des Moines Register Athlete of the Year, not yeah. just basketball yeah. player, but overall. Yep. Uh, by the time he left, and, and uh, he finally, with Bert Lappy, was able to, get that state championship that we've been pursuing for so long. Uh, he excelled in all sports and, uh, and he was just, he was a great teammate and a spectacular athlete. Well, another, another coach that I talked to that, that mentions you guys a lot seems to be from that same area is Paul Kissel of the Waco Warriors. Do you have any uh, memories of him or playing, playing uh, against him or something? Well, it's funny, like, Last night when you asked me for a picture of, of Jess and I from the old days, I was looking through some of the old stuff. And uh, KBUR, KGRS used to put out this, um, like an all-Southeast Iowa team at the end of the year, and it'd be on a uh, kind of a manila poster type thing. And one of the ones I pulled out had had a baby-faced Paul Kissel on there along with uh, um, Jess and I. And... Uh, so it, it kind of brought back some memories of, of playing against him at L and M, and they had a they had a nice team too. They had a you know Paul was very he was a bigger sized guard and, and very skilled, and then they had Gary Carpenter, um, a big guy that uh, heck he probably averaged you know twenty and twelve or somewhere around that during that time. So we had a, we had some good battles with, with them also. Um, yeah, and he's carried that on and continued that tradition over to Waco now. Okay. Yeah, he was a uh, he was a very talented player. Again, we just had there were 10, 10 quality teams. It felt like during that era with a lot of all state level players and good coaches. Um, so just weren't a lot of lot of nights off, especially those first couple of years. Um, 
and and he was he was as good as anybody. I, I think we had some pretty close battles with him. If I remember right, he had a nice mid-range game, very unselfish player. And uh, these were, you know, back back in the day, I, I, I don't, and you guys can speak to this more than I could, they, were, they just didn't see the tournament at all. And so I think one year in a sectional, it might have been Waco and Notre Dame and us and maybe L&M, but there were, there were like four, four teams who were ranked close to being ranked in that first and second round so it was always a little bit unfair to those programs they didn't stay tournament level teams but they just weren't quite as good as we were but we had some dog fights with them and we knew that we had to play well to win but there were a lot of state tournament worthy teams uh, and players in that era just a lot of them didn't get up there because they had to go through us well uh john swanson is the coach at pekin i don't know whether you guys uh uh, ever played against him or not, but uh, I was talking to some people about a, a game that you did play at Pekin that was very exciting and people it was memorable. What was it like to play there? Go ahead, Clay. We'll start with Clay every time. Well, yeah, so Pekin was kind of new to us when, when we got to high school. It wasn't a school we had really played against a whole lot. Um, you know, and I have like I've said before, I have tremendous respect for Coach Swanson. He's, you know, he's at the top of the list for coaches in Southeast Iowa. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, always a, a battle over there. They, he can always produces um, some great athletes. I think the the one night I remember the most, and this this is like the high of highs and lows of lows for um, a night. Uh, I think Jess had scored. Uh, 49. Is that where you scored 49? I think so. I and think then so. I, I, think I, I got my, yeah. And I got my thousands, 1000 points scored that same night. And then we got home and, and that was the night we heard about, uh, the unfortunate accident with Chris street. And, you know, I know Jess was super close with him and, and I had had some interactions with him before too. So, um, really when, when we talk peaking and back in, those good old glory days, that's, you know, that's the, the first thing that, that comes to my mind. You know, it was, you know, an extraordinary night on two, two complete different spectrums of, of the life scale for us there. And, um, yeah, a great night and a, an awful night at the same time. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really well said, Clay. I, I, I did not realize that you had scored your thousand point that night. That's, it's coming back to me now on that. And, and uh, yes, I, I had 49 or 50 points, whatever it was that night. But if I remember it, the details of it, I think when we got on the bus after the game, Telker was sitting in the front, just like uh, head coaches do always. And uh, now you're sitting in that seat, which is amazing. But uh, the radio was on it. It was WHO, and it had breaking news, and it came across. And I, I vaguely remember Telker saying, "Turn it down, turn or everybody be quiet, be quiet." And they announced it. Chris Street had been killed in the accident and, and we were just all devastated. And I think that I had just a few weeks earlier spent a day with Chris on campus and Clay obviously knew him as well. So that was, that was hard to overcome that. Um, I, 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 Tony Wilcox, who was a buddy of mine was on Pekin at that time, really good football player, uh, had a really, had blown out his knee. So it wasn't, uh, I, I only played a little bit in that game against this basketball-wise, but I remember it being packed and being in a great environment. 
And my, my father-in-law, Warren Repking, uh, was a football coach for many years at Columbus Junction and had some great battles with those legendary Pekin football teams over the years. So just nothing but respect for that whole program and the people over there. But it was a bittersweet night with all of our success and then just not meaning anything five minutes after the game. And, and we didn't have cell phones back then. You know, I think my folks always said, maybe your folks, that had we had social media and, and instant information, we probably would have canceled the game. So we didn't find out about it until after the game, which uh, would not have happened these days. Yeah. All right. Well, tell me about who was the who 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 in the conference really did give you a challenge, or or was the uh, you know what was the most solid team that you had to play? Play. Oh boy. Um, man, I I don't know who who to put at the top. Like my sophomore junior year, which would have been Jess's junior senior year, I think we went fifty two and two. And our only two losses were to Applington in the the finals and then Hudson in the semis. Um, so we had a really good run down here in Southeast Iowa. And like Jeff said, against a, a loaded, um, a loaded conference, uh, you know, some of the teams that come to mind, Marquette had a really good team that we had yeah. some close battles with. Yeah. Um, you know, Waco was good, Notre Dame. Um, I, I'm sure I'm Harmony, like Jess said. Harmony made the state tournament the year we got second. Uh, so they're, yeah, it, it's tough to pick out one, but um, there were some great battles for sure. Yeah, especially when Claire was a freshman and I was a sophomore. And we had had, we had, had just so many years of losing and, and Clay and Chris Parkhurst and, Jeremy Hofstetter and all those guys who came over from Morning Sun, you know, were used to, uh, they had Seagulls wrestling program. They were used to guys winning and the Malones winning state championships and Harbison's. And so they, they brought a, uh, a different mentality to us that we needed. And then uh, we had uh, a lot of guys from Waco, Brad Buffington came over, uh, who was used to winning a lot. And it was just the, uh, it was just the perfect storm for us to have those guys come in and, um, and, and we just, we needed that mentality. We, we all needed each other. And, and when I, when I was a sophomore and Clay was a freshman, I mean, that was, that was when the league was the best. And I would say Jermaine Wilform and Chad Boudreau at Harmony were the biggest challenge uh, when we were young, at that younger age. Because Jermaine was just, I, he was just an elite athlete above the rim, 30 points a game. We had a hard time uh, with him. They beat us at their place. I, we bounced back and beat them at our place. Um, and then you're right. I, I forget Marquette with the Becker brothers. If I remember right, uh, Marquette, I mean, we hadn't played those guys for years. No. And we played in the Winfield the first time. And they, they were, if I remember right, they were used to pressing. And uh, Clay would take the ball out of bounds against that press break. And Clay was obviously a lot taller than the defender. And they would, they would got up on us too close. And I think in the first half, you baseball passed at least four or five dunks to me. Uh, kind of broke their will. And then when we went down to their place, you know, they changed their strategy, obviously. And it was a dogfight. It may have been a one or two or three point game. Yeah. Well, I would agree. Those two teams, you know, they were, they were no joke. So uh, let me ask you something. This is uh, more for Clay, I guess. Uh, the, the league's very good right now. I'm extremely good right now. I mean, uh, unbelievable teams. Uh, 
Uh, is the talent as good today as it was when you played? Um, I, I would say it's close. Um, like, I don't, I don't want to sound like the old guy, you know, get off my lawn type of thing, but <laughs> do I think my, our team would, uh, like run through this league? Probably. <laughs> but, um, at the same time we had four guys that ended up playing division one basketball at, at some level, you know, so, um, and, and at high levels also. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's like, you know, like what we just went through, the, any one of these final four teams in our, our sub-state could have very easily been uh, state tournament teams, you know, um, it was just a matter of who was better on that particular night. And, and there's a lot of young guys, you know, Waco's full of young guys. We're full of young guys, uh, new London, you know, going to have Cade, Benjamin and blaze Porter back. So, so they're, they're still young guys and they'll probably both be college basketball players. Um, so it's, it's close, I would say. Um, but I, I still think we were better. <laughs> No, I hope that hope in the next couple of years I can say, uh, no, these 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 guys, these young guys are better, but um, they're not quite there yet. Well, uh, you guys mentioned a fourth guy that was I'd heard there was a guy that played at UNI. Uh, so talk about some of your teammates besides you guys that uh, made your your situation great. Jesse, you go ahead and run with this one. Well, we just um, like I said, you. Rarely at a town the size of Winfield have a have great coaches like Mike Kelker. Uh, Jerry Olson was our first year, and the Mike Kelker, Jay Colbel, McGullen. Uh, now, obviously, Clay being there, Winfield, Mitch Watts was on the on the women's side of it. It's just it's a one in a million uh, because it's just you know it's just so hard at, at a small towns to get great coaches, and we had that, so we were very fortunate and thankful for that. And even uh, the way Coach K uh, handled the recruiting process for Clay and I, you've got to have somebody who's got good communicator, who's not overwhelmed by the situation, who's honest. And so we were very blessed to have that. And so are the kids that went to to get to play for Clay. It's just, you know, I, you, there are so many coaches who struggle out there, and it's and it's hard to play. And these kids are very lucky for that. Like we were lucky, but it just became winning became contagious. The work became contagious. Um, again, the, the kids coming over from morning sun to Waco fit in so well with us on and off the court. I think it was the, uh, I think it was 1989 that our football team, uh, my brother was on that team, uh, Rob Forts, John Richenberger, the Malones, David Calvin, Ryan Ingerson, the Hungers, um, it goes on on the Heckers, Eggie. That was the first time that we'd had a winning football team, I believe in 40 years. So when that happened, it just kind of triggered it, and everybody had talked about Clay and Chris coming over from Morning Sun, and and all these young guys, and they're they're going undefeated in their flag football teams and their middle school. So we felt like we had a, a wave of success coming. Uh, and then you know who would have a dream that Clay would have been you know recruited in every sport? Uh, Vic Parcell would throw 90 miles an hour. Uh, Jason McCarter and and Lincoln and those guys would be good guards and. Hofstetter would be a great three-point shooter. And then and then here comes Burt Lappy, who played at Northern Iowa, and Eric Rawson. Uh, and, and then we had Katie Sorrell and Linda Lappy, who were 
we were Division One basketball players, and my cousin Allison, Heidi Banghouse. We just had, I think Chuck Offenberger, the Iowa boy, said at one time that we had more Division One recruits per capita than any community in the country, which is which is fascinating, right? So there were like six, seven, six, seven, eight of us at within a four or five year period that were actually, you know, Johnny Orr is walking the hallways of the school and Steve Fisher was in the gym and Tim Floyd, it was nuts, Clay, was it? It was just yeah, nuts. Yeah. Like it, it just doesn't happen. So all those people and their families and Clay's mom and dad and his brother, and they, they, we, it was just, it was, it was like uh, a dream come true and you couldn't get a ticket and we'd get to the gym and get off the bus two hours before the game and there'd be a line 100 yards long before the JV game. It was a it was a very special time for all of us, and it was and we needed each other, and it worked out really well. So let me ask you this: uh, what what was life like in Winfield outside of basketball? You know, I mean, what's it like to live, grow up in Southeast Iowa, and what kind of uh, environment is it that uh, people that don't know what it's like would would be fascinated with? Go ahead, Clay. Uh, yeah, like well, like we've talked before, Dave. Um, community support for um, the kids in town here is, is tremendous. Like, you know, back in the day when we were tournament time, the whole t- town would just pretty much shut down and uh, follow us wherever wherever we went. And especially when we were up uh, playing at the old Veterans Auditorium in Des Moines, um, you know, small town Winfield, Mount Union, Morning Sun, uh, we would bring just as much, if not more, people up there than you know, your big 4A schools. Um, it was, it was tremendous. The support we got, not just in basketball, but in, in everything, um, whether it be football, um, you know, cafe concerts, uh, whatever it is. And, you know, and then the other good thing about it is everybody, everybody knows everybody. So, um, there is constant like support throughout the whole year, people watching out for each other, um, and, and pushing each other. Uh, because we were around each other so much. So, um, you know, really it was the best of, of both worlds being in the small town with that kind of support. Yeah, I, I grew up uh, four miles north of Winfield at the Wapolo Winfield Corner. My folks still live there. And uh, it was just, uh, it was a wonderful childhood. Uh, if you remember, Dave, the, the farm crisis hit in the 80s, so times were really tough for most people in the community. Uh, financially, because you know, all the ancillary businesses surrounding farming, banking, insurance, it was it was tough times. And uh, so we just, I don't know, my brother and I, it seemed like we, we just ran the woods and the fields, and my grandpa Settles bought us Suzuki 125 four-wheelers for Christmas one year, and it just seemed like we could, that's all we did. And, and we'd ride our, believe it or not, we had these 10-speed bikes back in the day, and we'd ride those into town and go to the swimming pool, and, you know, mess around on the golf course. Uh, we weren't any good, but we'd drive the carts around and, and have fun. And that was just kind of, that was kind of our childhood. Um, and then, you know, we tried all the sports and were involved in all the sports and played Little League and Pony League with our dads and, uh, and, and just had a blast. And then ended up, uh, I think, in middle school, we, Jerry Rogers was my coach, and we had to practice in morning sun. And that's when we kind of got to know the morning sun kids. We'd go over there and practice in that old gym. And, and uh, it, it, was, it was just a, it was a fun time. And, and once we got it turned around and once we started winning, it became contagious. 
and uh, we, like I said, it was just pretty, we'd have, we'd have state sports writers and TV crews and coaches and people that were from around there wondering what was in the water, Winfield. And, and then when I was able, fortunate enough to play at Iowa, then, you know, I get asked that all the time. And so then it just ignited it even more. And then all of a sudden Clay signs with Iowa State. And then they're like, wait a second, there, there are more people or more guys and girls coming along. And it, it really became, we, we kind of became a national story. It just kind of fell into our lap. So uh, uh, you guys had pretty good girls teams too, didn't you? Oh, yeah. So uh, did they win a championship too while you were there? Well, yeah, I mean, they, I think then they play. I think they played in the state title game maybe four years in a row. Yeah, lost a couple of heartbreakers. But when I when I was growing up, and Clay Clay wasn't in Winfield when I was growing up in the six player era, uh, my mom had sixty nine points in a game once. So, uh, you know, the old Winfield uh, Minneapolis battles were legendary. Our our six player program for decades was dominant. We had all kinds of, and there weren't college opportunities back then, but. When we were kids, uh, believe it or not, people would go to the to the girls' game. Uh, it would be it would be very crowded, and then they would leave for the boys' game. So that's how extreme it was because the girls' programs were so good. And then you know, Miss Walks uh, got her going. So I don't know, Clay, you can speak more to that. But it, the women's program's been good for decades. Yeah, I, I think Mitch has two two state titles, maybe. But uh, like in nineteen ninety five, Winfield became the first school in state history to win both the boys and the girls uh state title in the same year now there's been there's been a there's been a few since then do it i know like iowa city west and um i can't can't recall the other ones but um for you know that's that's pretty cool that a town you know community this size could uh put together that that amount of you know elite athletes to win a boys and a girls title in the same year well, let me ask you this, Clay. Uh, you're a 1A school now. Uh, was yep. it set up this? What were you then? Were you 1A, 2A, or was it always the same? Or Yeah, whatever the classification's been, we've always been the smallest, whether it was A or 1A. Um, yeah, so, yeah, probably not changing anytime soon either. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah where we've been. So you, you guys were kind of in on that tail end of where farmers had lots and lots of kids and it kind of these small schools had a lot of kids. How, how many kids was in school when you were there and how many are there now? Uh, I think I had 34 in my graduating class, which was fairly typical. Um, enrollment currently is, I would say, down a little bit. Um, it, it's really interesting if you look at enrollment trends, like when when we were at our height of athletic uh, performance, um, is when our enrollment peaked, and then you get you kind of get these at a small school you get these highs and, and lows, you know, and uh, with your athletic teams. And when we're down, um, enrollment is down also a little bit, but. Um, yeah, it, it it pretty stays pretty steady in that thirty to forty range per class. Well, the the lower the pool is, the less kids you got to choose from to make your teams, isn't it? 
Well, anyway, guys, we're, we're getting pretty close to the 30-minute mark. We're going to stop here and uh, call this the end of part one. All right. Welcome back to part two of Round Guy, the podcast, as we talk to Clay Edwards and Jess Settles. Uh, we're bringing Andy Kressinger on, uh, the editor of the Southeast Iowa Sports Page. Uh, welcome to the program, Andy. Can you hear me, Andy? Oh, yeah, barely. I'm having a little trouble. Okay, well, you go ahead and take over the interview from here. All right, all right. Clay and Jesse, you guys hear me, right? Yep, we're good. All right, well, hey, um, hopefully I don't ask uh, uh, some of the, the same, but I just came on as the, the, the local Winfield Mount Union coverage guy. So um, uh, one thing I wanted you guys to, to talk about or just that I'm always curious about, um, and you might have touched on earlier, is, was back in, back in the day, back in the heyday of Winfield Mount Union High School, what were the, what were the schools – that you guys really got up for, you know, what, what were the other schools that were good back then and, and that you, uh, you were able to battle with here in Southeast Iowa? Jess, go ahead. Well, I, I think if I remember correctly, as far as a rivalry game, we had to try to take down Waco because they were just so dominant. Um, mm-hmm. I think they went like 50 years without having a losing season in football they just had so many spectacular players, strong kids, community support. They still do. And uh, we were just constantly, you know, getting run off the court and off the field by them. So that was probably uh, my uh, my sophomore, my freshman year, I believe. Clay was in eighth grade. We were able to upset them in a tournament game and then have success uh, during our high school year against them. And they had wonderful teams. We had some really down-to-the-wire battles. Um Eichelbergers, the Farmers, uh, Eggleys, they, they, they were just incredible players. Um, you know, obviously, since I've left, I don't think about it much, and, and it's, it doesn't mean as much, but I know it does to Clay because he's now back in it. Mm. But, uh, that was probably our biggest competition, and we were just, you know, we just all dreamed of getting to the state tournament. It was just, it seemed like a different planet. Uh, our school had not been there for so many years. We'd had some Wrestlers have success, uh, Ryan Haynes, Paul Wilkerson, and then obviously the Morning Sun kids had tremendous success. But as far as us making it to a state tournament basketball, I mean, my dad, Clay's folks, all the parents, all the old-timers, that was really the dream. And so for us, uh, I think the first, I think we won Clay. We were in Muscatine uh, my junior year, your sophomore year, and uh, the athletic director over there, I think it, I think it was Mr. Morgan. I think I think it was Katie Morgan's dad let us bring a ladder out and cut down the nets. Yeah. And uh, you know we we felt like we were on TV. We felt like we were in the NCAA tournament. So that was that was probably uh, that might be my best memory of my high school career. Just just achieving that dream with you and you know uh, and and all of us who worked so hard to get there. Yeah, and Clay, uh, Clay, uh, you know, on top of that, that probably probably makes it a little more interesting that you know. Um, you know, Waco moving back to the north next year, and your kids are so young and good, you know, not just your kids themselves, but your players, and, and Waco's going to be that team again, it seems, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Coach Kessel's done a great job with them, and um, they're young just like us, you know, the, our, these two sophomore classes. We've been battling them since the fourth grade, um, you know, in rec league and, and everything like that. So um, that'll be next two, three years, it'll be uh, a, a lot of fun again, um, competing twice, a, at least twice a year now against them. 
kind of like your lifetime rival at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of got away from that for a while with them being in the South. And then we would just see them one Saturday each year on the basketball court. And, um, and, and it really turned into more of like Wapolo and Mediapolis for us for, uh, for a while there. So, um, but now, now it'll kind of reverting back to the mid nineties. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, it really is not only you guys, but it, it's funny. The girls and boys are, are both, um, both kind of taken off here. Jess, how much do you, I mean, I know with Clay coaching the boys, but how much are you able to follow Winfield and, you know, do you, do you mark your, their dates on the calendar when they got big games? How much are you able to be a fan with all the stuff that uh, you got going on with the Big Ten Network? Uh, you kind of cut out on me there, but I caught a little bit of it. I, it's really, it's really weird. I, I basically follow the team through Twitter mm-hmm. and, uh, talk to Clay a lot just through Twitter. Uh, so those, I don't know who's putting the highlights up, but I see a lot of the highlights and I, I love watching Clay's kid play and, and obviously Ross's son play and my uncle Gary, who I farm with and my dad, my uncle Gary settles will fill me in all the time. Uh, we just talked. To the other day after the tough Danville loss, Gary filled me in. So that's kind of that's kind of how I, I follow it. So the social media is just incredible that they're able to put those videos on there and and they they put uh, they put a couple of videos up maybe a month ago of Clay's son and and the Buffington kid dunking the basketball and I was just blown away at the level of above the rim play those two could. It just it just reminded me of Clay and I when we were kids having fun in the gym. It was just. They were just having a blast. It was so innocent. They they got their whole lives ahead of them. But they were one was jumping over the other, and one was dunking on somebody in a game. And I I just threw out there something like, Clay, did you, did you bring back the uh, post practice dunk contest from the nineties? I I remember it like yesterday. On the, I think it was those JV nights, which yep. was back in the day, Tuesdays, and we'd have this really short practice, and then fans from both teams would start pouring in to watch the JV games and Clay and Dawson and Lappy and myself and Clay loved most of it. They, they just start doing these crazy dunks, you know, in this little class A gym and Clay's doing three sixties and they're throwing lobs to each other. And it's just, it was just, we all knew it was just it was surreal. Cause it's like, this doesn't happen. No one else can do this. And mm. so then to see 30 years later and Clay's son doing it, and, and, you know, just kind of gets you emotional a little bit and just so proud of them and happy that they're doing well. And that's kind of how I follow them. So it's, I was, I've uh, been pleasantly surprised how good they are. And I hope that they can win a state championship the next couple of years. I know they, I know they have the right coach and I know they have the work ethics. It's just sometimes you got to get a little lucky. Well, the, the fun thing about those, uh, you know, night before, night before the varsity game uh, dunk contest is, Sometimes you can win the game, the Friday night game, just by doing 10 minutes of that stuff on a Thursday night. <laughs> because they, you know, it's half those kids are varsity kids too, and, and they watch that, and then they don't want any part of that the next night. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. You can imagine me, and I, and I was, I, people probably forget, and it doesn't matter anyway, but I was, I played point guard most of the time in high school. And Coach Kelker wanted Clay and I to develop our perimeter skills so we could get scholarships. And and I I play point guard, so you can imagine me. You know, I, I'm playing with in junior high. I'm playing with Vic Marcel, who's a great player, and Doug Wilkerson, a good friend of mine, and Tom Miller, a good friend of mine, and Stephen Brown, and Ryan Hartman, who play who play new for Morning Sun. 
but you know, we were just, we were good. But then Clay comes over, and I'm I'm throwing alley oops, you know, it's Clay Edwards, and on the fast break. I mean, it's it's surreal, right? We're, I'm throwing it up there, and he's tomahawking it for three years. So it was pretty special. How are you guys these days on the basketball court? If you guys went out there, you know, and, and sparred with the Winfield kids right now, how do you guys think you could do? And I'm including Ross and the others in that also. Yeah. Well, I, I know one thing. They, they can't move me anymore. <laughs> as far as me running up and down the court, that might be one thing. But, um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll get out there. And if we're doing post work and stuff, lean on them a little bit. But, holy cow, it's – I'm – after about five minutes, I'm ready to <laughs> take a nap or something. <laughs> I, I I could probably intimidate him walking into the gym, but that would be the extent of it. Uh, you know, I, mean, I look pretty good coming through the door. And, I mean, Rawson, I think, is in pretty good shape. I think he does all these Yeah, I think exercise. he still runs. Yeah, he runs. He could probably still kill it. But uh, And I haven't seen Bert forever. But I know that I wouldn't be able to bring anything to the table. That's for sure. <laughs> so you, so you guys think current current WMU takes that then? Huh? Probably, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I'll, I'll hark it back a little bit because people, you know, I, being in Hinter County for as long as I have now, people when people think back to that, they always ask me how you guys ended up at different schools and and what what has it been like. Uh, you know, being a, a cyclone in the Hawkeye and, and just not only when you were in college, but also nowadays. Um, well, you know, the, during, during college, it, it was always fun. Like every, every year when uh, we would match up, you know, the, we would get a lot of media attention with high school teammates playing against each other, especially coming, coming from Iowa, which really, I don't know if that had ever happened before. So, um, and, you know, and I owe a lot of that to Jess because um, obviously what he did for me on the basketball court here at Winfield, but he also got me into places like the five-star basketball camp mm-hmm. out in Pittsburgh, which uh, allowed me to get a lot of attention. And then, um, you know, I ended up playing AAU ball with Mac McCoslin, and, and that probably originated with uh, Jess and his Iowa ties. Um so and it got me with uh, a lot of great teammates there. So because of because of him, it opened up you know a million doors doors for me, which you know led to a, a great friendly I would call it a friendly rivalry between us and in in uh, college because obviously with Jess being an outstanding mentor and friend to me, and then you know Ryan Bowen, Mac McCausland, and Kent McCausland, they were some of my best friends too. Um, so yeah, it was, it really just, just turned out to be a, a great experience and, and it was a, a ton of fun. Yeah. Jeff, yeah. You any, oh, I was yeah. going to ask you, you got any texts at the, uh, if the, if the, when the, when the, when the Cyclones take it, do you, you get any texts this year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, it, look, let's be real. Clay and I, if, if, if Iowa wins, Clay gets harassed. If Iowa State wins, I get harassed. It's just never going to change. Yeah. It has to be. It's just, it's a fun week. You obviously want to win that game. And uh, it's nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. But we were, uh, when when Dr. Tom Davis was the coach, we were recruiting at that time. Rafe the Friends, um, who's a friend of Clay's, who ended up going to Kansas and having great success. And Greg Helmers, who, who signed with us. I think one other person, but I've always said, and Kent and Ryan have always said, we just, 
we just feel like we really screwed that up, not signing Clay. Um, it, it, he just would have fit in perfectly with us. He already had that brotherhood with those guys and playing for Mac and that team. It just, it just didn't work out. And, and as a coach, you just, it's so hard to evaluate guys. It's so hard to take a risk on guys. But when you think about his family and, and being my teammate in high school, you know, we, I know Coach Davis wishes that he could do that one over again. That being said, you know, Clay's got lifelong friends at Iowa State. He had tremendous success. Uh, I'm going to call the Iowa-Nebraska game tonight. I'm going to see Fred Hoiberg in about three hours of practice. And the first mm-hmm. person we're going to talk about is Clay Edwards because those guys are <laughs> friends. And, and they've got that, you know, they got that family bond. So Clay ended up, I think, playing for four different coaches in maybe five years. Um, so, yeah, I, I wish that he would have been a Hawkeye. We had some good battles. We both had some good teams and some good experiences. But uh, that's, you know, when you bring it up, I don't think about it often, but I, we, all of us regret that. And uh, he, he just got so much better than what mm-hmm. I think Coach Close and, and TD and Rich Walker projected him to be. Um, but, he, you know, he got it done. It just, it just was against us, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, in general, um, small school kids, it, you, so, I, it, it's tough, I know, to break through when you're in the small school, especially when sometimes you get the, you know, teams locally get so good and they're beating up on teams. It, it kind of makes it hard to evaluate, don't you think? It was especially tough back then. Especially mm. tough. We, we didn't have, I mean, Clay's kids, you know, they're playing all over. Uh, they, they get to go up against some of the top players in the Midwest. It's You sit there and evaluate them. You say, hey, look, that kid can play. Clay and I, you know, we go out to the five-star camp. It was outdoors. It's windy. You didn't get the ball. You're a post player. You're just, you, you just didn't have the exposure um, and, and the instant access and the videos that they have today. So even, you know, even Coach Davis was leery of recruiting me. And at, and at that time, there just weren't a ton of success stories coming out of the state of Iowa. So you were, you were recruiting for academics, you're recruiting some big, you know, farm kids for rebounding, but no one would ever thought or projected Clay to win championships in the old big eight and hit game winning shots and be a major player. And for me to be freshman of the year and to be a starter, that was just not really part of it. And uh, so we were, you know, we were very fortunate that we were at the right place at the right time. Clay, well, like that from, from your end, just trying to stick out as a small school kid. Yeah, it, you know, it, it was it was tough, and that's why why I give so much credit to the Jess for like getting us out to five star. He took you know Brad Buffington and I out there, and and we competed, and you know played just as well as anybody um, from the East Coast out there. So, um, and it's like Jess said, it's so much different. Like we, my kids play three AAU tournaments a month now. Once spring summer hits, I played three my entire career. Um, so, uh, but it's, you know, it, 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 it was what it was back then. That's why you, you kind of had to, whatever opportunity you had, you had to go out, uh, try to make it yourself. You know, coach Kelker did a, a good job of trying to get us some exposure. You know, he brought in a Australian national team for us to play against. He brought in a Russian national team for us to play against. And, you know, when we had those opportunities, uh, he would put together like a Southeast Iowa all-star team. And I think every time Jess, Jess and I kind of showed out in both those games and um, showed 
you know, what, what we're able to do against bigger guys and, and people that have been maybe a little older and playing longer. Um, so it was, uh, like I said earlier, it was just, it was a lot of fun. Like it was a lot different from what it is now, but, um, but yeah, it was great times. For sure. Well, hey, those, those were great times. I'm going to date myself a little bit here because when you guys were hooping it up at Winfield, I was, uh, still in the, the elementary school system at Sheraton, about eight nine years old. So I never got to experience. Uh, <laughs> I never got to experience the you know the thrill of what the Winfield Gym was like back then. And you know I'm sure playing at Contral and stuff. I'm not sure if you guys you guys probably talked about that before. Oh hey, we lost him. We I lost everybody. Oops. Welcome back to Round Guy the podcast. We had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties, but we're back. We're back. So. Andy, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Um, as I was saying, uh, you know, I was younger, so I didn't experience the, the the thrill of the Winfield Gym back then. But um, and I know that it's it's pretty full even when Winfield's on a down year. But this the last couple of years, uh, Clay, how is how is the gym? How has the buzz in that gym been with uh, not only you guys but the girls also? Just uh, I mean, roll, rolling to what 17, 18, 19 wins. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely getting better from from when I first started. Uh, coaching three years ago um girls have always you know they've been competitive year in and year out for quite a while with coach walks and uh um now we're getting more and more people sticking around to watch watch the boys too and especially with us playing playing above the rim a little bit and um doing some things that they haven't seen for a while here um it's still not quite back to like back when jess and i were playing when you know, you had people just leaning against the walls because there wasn't any room in the in the bleachers. So hopefully, we're getting closer to that. Um, that'd be that'd be really exciting to see, especially for the kids that are putting the work in. For sure. Well, and then last thing, I was just going to piggyback on that point because it's not often when you have a great high school team that the girls' team is also great. What was it like for you guys? I mean, I'm sure it, it almost maybe got competitive, or I mean, to have a, a team like that that also plays in that gym that's so good. What was it like for you guys to, to have a girl and boys team, you know, that good at that time? Yeah, just go, you want to go ahead? Yeah, it was, uh, it was spectacular. You know, just all your dreams are coming true and you have small class sizes and everybody knows everybody. And, um, it's just a different time. There's no social media. Um, you're just competing and playing hard and you start winning and it becomes contagious. And, um, and you, you know, Clay and I are down in the elementary classrooms all the time, reading books to the kids. And, and it just, it kind of, it, you know, we would, we would play a game and then we'd be up big a lot of times and there would be 15 kids sliding in behind the bench and we'd be signing their, there's jerseys and their shirts and their balls during the game. And the, and Coach Kelker and Coble and McGowan, they would let it happen just because they just wanted the next group of kids to experience it. Because, again, it was so rare and, and you can go, you know, you can go decades and a half century without having a good team. Uh, and it's just tough at a small town. So it's nice to see it come full circle. But it was so great to see the girl, my cousin Allison, I was a part of those great teams and won a couple state championships. And so I, it was, it was wonderful for everybody involved. 
and uh, and then to be able to take it to the next level and do well. And then for you know when when we left, and for all those kids that we used to work with when they were in elementary school, then they got up there and they did well. So that they were able to sustain that is pretty remarkable. And now that you know Clay's kids and and, the, and our generation kids are coming along and doing well on both sides, it, it just it's I'm happy for everybody involved in it. For sure, yeah. Clay, you got anything to add to that? Um, yeah, no, I, he's pretty much spot on. And I, and I don't think there was ever anything, like, competitive between the boys and the girls trying to one-up each other. I, I think it was, uh, you know, genuine, um, happy for each other's success. It, it almost seemed to feed off of each other that, you know, one one did well, the other one would, would do well, and and uh just continued to build off of that and um and like i like we said earlier with both of them doing well crowds were just insane it was you know they almost each school we went to probably had to call the fire marshal to make sure capacity wasn't (laughs) wasn't going over so um uh, yeah it was it was it was the best of times for sure well dave that's all i got that's all my my uh I, I hope I got some hard uh, big J journalism questions out there, but that's all I got for him. If you want to jump back in here and start around the show and, and whatever we're going to talk about next. Well, let's do our, our weekly uh, roundup for the games tonight and Saturday while well, we got a couple of guys going on. Why don't you start off with, uh, let's start off with this Washington Solon game. Yeah. Uh, so this will be the game that I'm physically at today. Uh, Hunter and I will be doing Washington and Mount Pleasant. And um, uh, Washington actually played Solon. Um, just not too long ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, Solon played them pretty well. You know, Solon plays in a tough conference, and, and that's something um, that those, those you know, Solon goes out in the regular season and plays a, a hardcore schedule, and so in the past, sometimes I think people think it's a little intimidating, but um, obviously the Southeast Conference with, with Mount P and, and Fort Madison and Fairfield all, and Burlington all being up this year um, is, uh, is pretty tough, too. So Washington's pretty battle-tested in that one. Hopefully it's not too much of a let, you know, sometimes you have the, the, the easier first round game where you win by like 40 like they did because they were the one seed. And you have to, it takes a little while to get back into it. But um, I think uh, Washington, uh, you know, obviously they're favored tonight, but uh, it'll, it'll be their first real test of the postseason. So they got, they got older kids, they got seniors leading that team. So uh, we'll see how that shakes out. And then I'll just jump right into, um, you know, Mount Pleasant got postponed just like Washington did last night. And um, they played extremely well over there in Mount Vernon. I was at, I was at that game and Mount Vernon shot well too. Honestly, it was, it was a lot of, it was a good basketball game and uh, they got a challenge. They're going all the way up to CTU tonight to play, uh, to play Marion, the top seed. So um, possibly a couple of barn burners tonight in three, in the three, a field. I think, uh, I think both teams got a shot and hopefully someone's left standing after tonight. Well, Clay uh, or Jess, you guys got anything to, to add to that? Uh, no, I, you know, I was going to go up to the the Washington Solon game uh, last night before it got postponed. There's um, Solon has some kids I coach in the summer, so uh, wanted to watch them. Um, one the game I will be going to tonight is probably Iowa City West against Burlington. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I coach a bunch of the Iowa City West kids in the summer, a bunch of Hawkeyes. Uh, so. Um, that, I don't know if that makes Jess happy that they're getting sandwiched from a cyclone or not, but uh, and then on the on the other side, Burlington Burlington has a um, senior guard that is the son of one of Jess's Jess and I's old classmates, Misty Rice. 
Um, Tice is a, a senior that starts for BHS, and they have a really nice team. And uh, uh, that'll that'll probably be. I know it's a little out of your listening area, but um, kind of you know we're squeezed right in the middle of Burlington and City West, so uh, that that should be a, a good one up there. Sounds good. All right, what do we got for one A? Uh, tomorrow night. By the way, I'd like to also uh, piggyback on that Burlington Iowa City West game. That's also got a you know Caleb Bakey, a former Mount Pleasant coach, coaches Burlington, and uh, right. Paul Runquist is still coaching over at Iowa City West. So it kind of all ties together. They coach with Rossin, and these guys played with Rossin, so it, it's all a small world out there. But one um, A, um, obviously, we we knew. Um, I think I said going to those semifinals the other night that it was going to be a dogfight both ways, and it definitely was. Um, you know, uh, Danville Edge Winfield and Waco Edge New London, and, and they were both coin flips. And I think I said it was a, coin, a four-way coin flip between those four teams to make it. So um, Danville's gotten Waco the last two times um, by, uh, I believe, uh, what, two or four points each. They're real, real close games. And I think what people usually say when you get that old adage that it's hard to be the team three times, I think that's usually a lie. I think that probably, uh, <laughs> probably that third team that, third time the team that wins two times is going to but when you beat a team twice by as, as little as Danville has you know Waco's got to have that extra ship on their shoulder so um I think that'll be good you know Waco likes to try and um run you a little bit because they sub so many guys out and Danville guards there's cross-country kids so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they hold up against each other and uh, I'll be at that one tomorrow night that should be a that should be a fun one. And then I, I saw Mid Prairie here at Mount Pleasant. There technically a two A game that's also happening tomorrow night. And Mid Prairie just um, just rolled through. West Burlington was playing really well, and they they played well for about a half. But Mid Prairie is just so powerful, and um, that Carter Armson had a couple of dunks right over guys. So it felt like I was in the Winfield gym again watching uh, watching Cam and Abram do that. But <laughs> it, it's rare that the kids that we uh, that the kids that we cover here. But we have so many high flyers that do play above the rim. You know, you, some years you get none. And it's so funny that we have a couple at Linfield and, and Harmson over there at Mid-Prairie and a couple of Washington kids have been throwing it down. So um, they, they have a tough game. They, they play uh, North, Northeast Goose Lake, and Northeast Goose Lake has been playing as good as anybody. They, they beat um, Comanche was supposed to be in that game in Northeast, beat them by 13, I think, 12 or 13. So I think we got four, four high school games in the area tonight and tomorrow. And I think they're going to – I mean, it's going to be – you're, you're going to see a lot of games uh, – that are right down to the wire. So everyone make sure to follow Union Sports page so everyone knows uh, firsthand what's going on. All right, let's start with Jess. Mid Prairie is uh, undefeated. I like twenty two and zero. Uh, uh, do you see any similarities? You know, there or you got any you know advice for for a team like that? Because it sounds like you had a seasons like that when you were in high school. Or are are they uh, are, are they that good? Do you think? Are you asking me, Dave? I'm asking Jess. Yeah, hey, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I don't follow them. I, I know nothing about them. The only thing I could add would be, you know, when you're undefeated, there's definitely a target on your back. There, there's definitely a little bit of pressure. Um, so, the, the, you know what, as, as a coach, as a former college coach, Clay as a coach, you put a game plan together and the kids have to get it done. It's on the kids. You do the best you can. You can call some timeouts. You can put in some plays. But the kids have to rise up and take advantage of the situation. But I, I study Nebraska and Iowa, so I don't I don't follow the high school. <laughs> All right. Well, Clay, well, you, uh, you might have a little uh, better yeah. view of this one. So so we uh, we actually played Mid-Prairie. Um, I'm, I'm 
good friends with Coach Coach Lambert from our Snow Valley uh, basketball experiences. Uh, we coach up there together, and um, so we played them in the Hall of Pride scrimmage this year. And uh, without a doubt, they are easily the best team uh, we played all year. Um, you know, and we've played Danville, New London, Waco, um, and it, it really it's not even close uh, in, in in my opinion. Um, they, you know, they have some the Harmson kids, a special talent, big, strong, athletic, can shoot it from three. Um, and then their complementary players all around them are uh, really every single one of them are solid, good high school players. Uh, you really can't. Uh, there's not one guy you can just say, oh, we don't have to guard him or, you know, and Coach Lambert does a fantastic job with uh, coaching their their man-to-man defense, their their philosophy. I think his philosophy and my philosophy on on basketball, defense, offense match up quite a bit, and uh, they're they're fantastic on the defensive end. Uh, the one thing I will say about like this time of the year, um, you, you know, the scores scores tend to get lower and closer um, just because of the pressure. The you know. Coaches are trying to get everything they can out of every single possession, and I and I know that they had a maybe a five point game with Northeast earlier in the year, um, and Northeast is kind of long and athletic and uh, can present some challenges on the defensive end also. So, um, but if I think if they just play their normal game um, and, and you know kind of let it let it go, um, they'll be they'll be just fine. And you know, two A lost. Their top, the top two teams in 2A are, have been beaten already. Um, Boyden Hall and Western Christian are out. So it's really a wide-open race in 2A. It's uh, anybody's game. Well, you should know a little bit about Danville Waco. You got any thoughts on that one? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, that could go either way again, you know. like, And, Jess, you might appreciate this, but I, I – I'm really excited for shot clock to come in next year. You know, the last game Danville Waco played, I think it was 39, 38, and that was in overtime. Um, Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, two talented teams, different. They're, I I would say they're very different teams, um, but uh, man, I wouldn't expect anything other than another grinded out, you know, one or two possession game in the fourth quarter. Um, just it just comes down to, you know, who can make a couple plays, a couple shots. Um, so really, uh, I think either one of them will represent Southeast Iowa well up at the state tournament. So um, should be a, should be a good one. Well, we've been talking to Clay Edwards and Jess Settles along with Andy Cressner. Uh I, I would thank you guys so much for being on the program. Uh, is there anything that we didn't get to talk about that you guys wanted to? Not on my end. Oh, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I don't think I've ever been interviewed. I, I think the last time I was interviewed with Clay Edwards would have been maybe John Hewins on the Sunday afternoon when we were headed up to the state tournament thirty years ago. So, was, uh, appreciate you, Clay, and Dave, yep, guys, for bringing up some good memories. Those were wonderful memories, and it's. I'm glad that a lot of these young kids now can experience the thing, same things we did. Well, if you live in Southeast Iowa, it was a beautiful story. And if you don't live in Southeast Iowa, it's about as best insight as I can give you on uh, Iowa's a community that really cares about their kids. You know, that's the their kids are the number one thing around here. And that's why we support them in the high schools. And we appreciate you guys sticking around and all the people that 
from that era that you played in basketball are still making a big impact on basketball in Southeast Iowa. But uh, thanks for listening. I know it's kind of a longer episode, but it was, a, it was sure a great one. We appreciate everything. And we're out, guys. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Yep.